Hi there, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Smashing the Ceiling, the first of season two, with me, Naomi Mella. On this podcast, we love to showcase the lives of women who have achieved amazing things in their careers, those who've got a really cool or unusual job, and some who have just had a really interesting life. If you're looking for inspiration for your career, if you feel a little bit stuck or bored with what you're doing right now, or if you're in search of the road less traveled job-wise, then this is the podcast for you. Each week, I sit down with one woman to dig a little deeper into the how of it all. How did they get where they are? How did they pick themselves up when things didn't go right? And how their mentors, mistakes and motivations have led them to achieve the things they have. So hi, if you're a regular listener, you may have noticed that we've had a little break for summer, but we are now back with a bang for season two with more fabulous guests. It's been a busy summer with work and fun, as ever trying to get the work-life balance sorted out and generally failing at that, but it's been a happy time nonetheless. I've cut, read a couple of really good books that I'm going to put on my Instagram page at Smashing the Ceiling if you fancy having a look. I'm also always looking for brilliant new books to read. And one of my goals for 2019 was to read more, which I am really trying to keep up. So do let me know what you've been diving into because I am always looking for new suggestions. You can DM me on social media or just drop me an email via the website. When I was thinking about writing the first episode of this new season, I spent quite a bit of time musing about what I've learned doing this podcast, about the people I've met, both virtually and in real life, and about where I'd like to take it next. I've never really been someone that sits around contemplating life, really, as I'm too busy trying to live it and do things to really think much about the bigger picture. But I've read quite a bit recently about the benefits of self-reflection, both at work and in your personal life. So on that note, today's episode, the opening of season two, is the fourth in our series on career skills, and it's about self-reflection. If you think this isn't an area for you, don't switch off because you might learn something. Believe me, I thought this wasn't for me either, but I'm starting to realise that actually it should possibly be for everybody. The term self-reflection often conjures up an image of people sitting with their eyes shut, contemplating the world, their place in it and how they can do better. It's often viewed as being a little bit woo-woo and reflecting on your performance is a phrase that sends shudders down the spine of many people in the workplace. I know when I mentioned this to one or two friends who make their money in a variety of jobs, their general response when asked about the benefits of self-reflection at work was a well-rehearsed eye roll. Certainly in the veterinary community, the sarcastic lament of people having to reflect on their own performance is one I hear a little bit from colleagues. So what is self-reflection and why might it actually be beneficial for us in improving our careers? One definition is that reflection is careful thought about your own behaviour and beliefs. And it is nicely summarised in a quote by Harold Bloom, who said that, Information is endlessly available to us. Where shall wisdom be found? And his answer was in reflection, apparently. Self-reflection is closely linked to the concept of learning from experience, in that you think about what you did, how you did it, what the outcome was, and how you would do things better next time. But what separates self-reflection from casual thinking? I mean, it goes without saying that we're all thinking and worrying and planning and dreaming all the time. 
is that reflection requires a conscious effort to actually muse about events and actions and then to develop insights into them. It will probably take a little while to get into and it most definitely requires a little bit of discipline. But once you get into the habit of self-reflection, it should reap rewards for you both at home, in your personal life and at work. Many extremely successful athletes, business people and leaders including Oprah, I mean, and she is pretty queenie, champion self-reflection as one of the keys to their success. These include Craig Alexander, who was a five-time World Ironman champion. And he cites self-reflection as a vital tool in achieving confidence as well as a top quality performance. After each race, he and his team picked apart every tiny detail that could be improved next time in order to produce the cumulative impact of marginal gains that make the difference between winning and losing. Craig reflected on every single performance. And whilst you may think that he ought to do that because he's an international athlete, at the end of the day, being an athlete is his job. How often do you reflect on your job? How often do you sit down and pour over your performance in a meeting or how you handled an interaction with a colleague or how you managed the people that report to you? Probably not that often, I would think. So apparently there are rewards to be reaped from self-reflection. But what are these rewards, you might ask, and why the heck should I bother attempting this nonsense? Yes, my thoughts exactly a little while ago. Here's a little rundown on some of the recognised benefits of self-reflection. So number one is that it improves self-awareness and strengthens your emotional intelligence. You are spending time looking inwards, therefore building your own self-awareness to understand your emotions, your strengths, your weaknesses, your values, your goals, and to recognize their impact on other people. Reflection provides perspective. It allows you to understand and to see things from a different point of view. Taking a step back allows a new understanding to see the whole picture and to become more open-minded. Secondly, reflection allows you to respond, not to react. And those are two quite different things. When you react, you're not thinking about the potential ramifications of your actions. When you reflect on a situation, you can respond more thoughtfully and change your behavior for next time. A good piece of advice I was once given was to wait 24 hours before addressing something you're upset about, particularly at work. This forces time for self-reflection, allows you to take stock of your feelings and your emotions so you can approach a situation or issue with greater perspective and that you can respond, not react in that situation. Number three, reflecting facilitates a deeper level of learning and there is loads of evidence in studies about this now it's become critical in education and the value of it is really really well recognized particularly in higher education when people are given time to reflect digest and integrate they are better able to make abstract connections as well as retain and recall information here's an example if you listen to this podcast and then move straight on to something else how much do you reckon you'll remember of what i've talked about maybe 50%, maybe nothing. (laughs) But if you listen to this and then spend five minutes afterwards thinking about what you've heard and what you learned, how much more do you reckon you'll remember about the subject afterwards? Hopefully, at least a little bit. Fourthly, self-reflection improves your confidence. Confidence helps in effective communications, decision-making, and building your influence in the workplace. The more you reflect on your strengths and how you can build them up, 
the more confident you will be in the future. We become more confident in where our strengths lie and how to close the gaps in our areas of weakness when we know what they are and how we can tackle them. Number five, you should be able to challenge some of your assumptions. One of the best ways to tackle a self-limiting belief is to step back and debate how valid that belief actually is. You may be quite hard on yourself. You may think that you're not as good as you actually are. And self-reflection allows you to challenge the beliefs and the assumptions that are getting in your way. It will help you go far at work and it will help you to get there quicker. Lastly, self-reflection will allow you to act with integrity. Our integrity is often put to the test during stressful times. So becoming clear on your core values will help strengthen your resolve and lead you to better decisions. Taking time to review your key decisions and actions in the recent past, whether that's at work or at home or anywhere else, and evaluating them against your core values is critical to acting with integrity. When the chips are down, do you do what is right? Doing this consistently can solidify your values and make decision-making easier in future. The next question is, how do you do it? I'm really open to trying new things in life, but I am also a horrible cynic that is skeptical about pretty much everything. And I'll admit that I have previously viewed self-reflection as being in the same category as meditation, one of those abstract-ish pastimes that people do sitting cross-legged in a quiet room with their eyes shut, just omming and thinking. I am an active person. I find it very hard to quiet my mind for self-reflection. And it is just not something that comes that easily to me. I have tried meditation and I have to say I've got a bit better at it through combining it with yoga. So there is hope for everyone. But if you're like me and you're always on the go, it is something that may take a bit of time and a bit of effort. So don't be put off on the first go. In my eyes, the best way to do reflection is in a more practical manner, more like a brainstorming. Just sit down wherever you're comfortable with a blank sheet of paper and take a few deep breaths to begin with. Try and just clear your mind to let your thoughts pour out of you when you're ready. You may choose a period of time to reflect on, whether that's the last month, six months or a year at work, or it might be a particular project that you've just completed. If you're leaving a job, you might want to sit down and reflect on that role in its entirety, no matter how long you've worked there. Whatever the circumstances, it is easiest to practice self-reflection about a particular thing or a particular time frame as it gives you more definition and helps you to frame the questions you want to answer. The first thing to address is, what have you actually done? It might be that you led a team for the first time. It might be a summary of all the projects you worked on last year or just one particular job that you want to look at. One of the beauties of self-reflection is that it encourages you to acknowledge your own successes as well as your failures. It's so easy to forget all the good things that happen at work, whatever you do, as they are inevitably swamped by the negatives that we focus on during the self-flagellation that surrounds our failures in life. If you're like me and you take failure personally, no matter how hard you try not to, this first task of writing down all the good things you've done can be really satisfying. Spend a little bit of time thinking about this as the likelihood is that you will forget loads. I can barely remember what I did last week, let alone last year. So maybe have a look back through a diary or a quick check of the photos on your phone to trigger your memory. Secondly, 
How did you feel before, during and after the task in hand? How have you progressed over the time frame that you're considering? Take a particular event. Let's say you're six months into a new job. And in that time, you led your first big team meeting and you ran some appraisals. Were you nervous, confident or excited the first time? Did you not sleep the night before? Or were you manifesting the physical signs of stress? Sweaty palms, a racing heart or, my favourite, occasional periods of blankness? If you've now done this a few times in the last six months, how do you feel about it now? Have things got better or have your feelings on the situation changed in some way? Then thirdly, get stuck into the specifics of your experiences. As you may know, I am obsessed with sport and one of my favourite examples of the success of self-reflection is that of the British cycling team and their absolute domination at recent Olympic Games, which evolved via the concept of marginal gains. When they sat down to reflect on their performance, they looked at everything. And I mean everything. Right down to whether waxing caused ingrowing hairs for the female athletes and the capacity that that minute discomfort has to add a fraction of a second to a race time. That might be the difference between a gold and a silver medal, even though it seems like completely minutiae stuff. But the concept of marginal gains is that all those little tiny things when added together, all the fractions of a seconds, as it applies in your life, can accumulate into some really big changes. Success in your job probably isn't going to revolve around a thousandth of a second, but it will revolve around something. And if you can make small changes, you may end up going a lot further. And in order to make those changes, you do need to dig into the minutiae of your career experiences and your own performance. You need to be really honest with yourself when doing this, otherwise you might as well not bother. Did you put in enough preparation, be that research, making notes, learning a presentation, or mentally preparing yourself for a big task? How was your performance affected by your mental state? How you were looking after yourself physically, your eating, your sleeping, your exercise habits? If you're conducting a self-reflection exercise off the back of a failure, which is undoubtedly a very tough thing to do, it can be mentally challenging to admit that you made mistakes, maybe more than one, that you just weren't good enough and that you didn't do things right. This can be horrible, but it may also be quite cathartic. And in order to succeed better next time, that kind of honesty with yourself is important. Let's say you've just changed jobs and you're mulling over your previous role. You may tell yourself that you moved purely for a promotion or purely for location purposes or purely for a better work-life balance or whatever. But scrutinise your relationships in that job. How well did you get on with your boss and with your colleagues? What are your relationships generally like with your co-workers? Are you actually leaving because you're a bit dissatisfied or you couldn't get a promotion? And if so, why was that? We live in a blame culture these days, and it's incredibly easy to feel that things are not your fault. But if you really look at yourself, really look at your own performance, your own character traits, and your inevitable shortcomings, which we all have, by the way, then you'll be well on the way to improving yourself next time around. If you want to look at your life in the round, as opposed to just focusing on your career, Google the Wheel of Life. I'll put a link in the show notes this week so that you can have a look. But this is basically a scoring system for self-reflection that helps you to identify areas in your life that might need a little bit of work. 
The easiest way to describe it is that you are at the center of a wheel and the spokes are different areas of your life. You might have one for your career, one for your family, one for your finances, relationships, physical health, mental health, blah, 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 blah. So you've drawn 10 spokes or lines out from the center of your wheel and you then score each of the areas of your life that you've chosen to assess from 0 to 10, depending on how you think you're doing in that particular category. Put a notch on each spoke, in inverted commas, where naught is the centre and 10 is the outside of the wheel. The ideal scenario, which personally I think is a little unrealistic for most of us to achieve, as it is rare that you achieve perfection in every area of your life, is that you score a 10 in every category and your, quotes, wheel is beautifully round. The reality is likely to be that there will be areas in your life which are going well and some which are not going so well, and that's pretty normal. The aim of the wheel is to help you identify these. Then you can dig in and reflect in a little more detail on these areas. You might be in a wonderful new relationship, give it a 10 out of 10, but hate your job, maybe that's a three. Or if you've had a huge bonus, but you feel quite down mentally. The aim of the wheel is to help you identify what is important to you, as well as grading how well you think you're doing in each of these areas. Then you can grade them according to which ones are most vital to you so you can prioritise the categories you want to work on. If you keep your wheel, you can come back to it later if it's in a notebook or a journal. And in six months time, see how you're doing. Has your job gone from a two to a seven or has your relationship gone from a nine to a three? Uh, It's quite a good one to just benchmark as you go. I have to credit Carolyn Crow, who is also a vet and a career coach on introducing me to this technique. As a starting point, and if you are new to self-reflection, it's really useful. There's loads of information available online, so just have a little look and you'll find plenty of help. But as I said, I will put something in the show notes to link you to that. In addition to reflecting on your experiences, which is step one of the self-reflection journey, you also need to consider your learnings. It always seems like such a cheesy question. What have you learned about yourself? Or what have you learned professionally from a particular experience? But thinking about what you've learned will help to inform your future mindset and actions, which will be crucial to your ongoing growth and development. It may be that you've learned a fact or two, something you didn't know before. As a vet, I'm constantly learning about new medicines, new techniques, new ways of thinking about different medical conditions, and we are encouraged, or actually it's mandatory, (laughs) to continue learning year on year to maintain our license to practice. But you may learn something more personal about yourself, or something more abstract about a situation. It it may be that you behaved badly towards a colleague because you were exhausted and short-tempered, or that your performance has been suffering because your mental health is under pressure that you're supremely busy, that you haven't had time to exercise or eat properly or whatever it may be. Reflecting on your learnings is a good way to join the dots of your personal and professional lives, to consider factors that you may not have previously occurred to you, and to work out how to improve these things in future. So to wrap up, how often should you self-reflect? Well, that depends. And to an extent, it's up to you. But if you can make it a habit, then you're more likely to benefit. The end of a year or at the start of a new year are classic times, but maybe consider a period of reflection to coincide with your birthday or another milestone, or otherwise start reflecting daily, weekly or monthly. If you've got kids and they're going back to school soon, this might be a good time to refresh yourself at the start of a new term and a new school year. 
assuming you live in the UK, that is. Either way, another piece of advice I was given is to diarise the time that you're going to spend. Having been a ridiculously disorganised person for most of my life, the concept of having a colour-coordinated electronic diary would previously have been an anathema to me. But by booking stuff in for myself in my own diary and putting it on my phone, I now find that I do things I generally would have put off previously. It is often the only way that I am able to produce the podcast as well, by putting time in the diary to make myself do it. So give that a whirl today, perhaps. Make time for doing the things that you want and that you need to do. Steve Jobs once said that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And he did all right, didn't he? If you do sit down for some self-reflection this week, let me know how you get on, especially if it's your first time. I would love to hear your thoughts, what you've been reflecting on, either personal or professional, and whether you would encourage others to do the same. That's all for this week for this little season opener. I do hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back next week with our first guest of season two, and she is a corker. If you've enjoyed this episode, please just share it wherever you can on your own social media. And if you found the podcast interesting or useful, then do tell a friend. We are always keen for new listeners. As ever, we are on Instagram at Smashing the Ceiling and on Twitter at Smashing Ceiling. And we'll hopefully see you next time.